You just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Welcome to the Rock Your Life Podcast. Discover the tools you need to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. From family and wellness to business and goals, it's time to dream out loud. It's time to rock it. This stuff will rock your world. Rock! And now your host, Chasta. Welcome to the Rock Your Life Podcast. I am Chasta. Another episode. Super excited that you're here to spend some time with me. Thank you so much for taking a little time out of your day. This is a place where we talk very honestly and openly about all of the aspects of our life, whether it's family, wellness, work, music, dreams, goals, aspirations, whatever you want to focus on, that's what we're here to talk about, and we're here to rock it. So today we're talking about the concept that I learned from my four-year-old son, Cody, of slow time. Slow time versus fast time, or you could even call it child time versus adult time. This past week, I did something that I do actually every day, and I don't even think about it, and it just it dawned on me. I looked at my computer and I, for the first time, noticed how many tabs I had open on my computer. You know how you can open like, I don't even know, is there a limit? I don't even know. (laughs) If so, I'm probably close to that limit. But you can open up like 15 tabs at one time. And typically that's exactly what I do. I'll be, of course, working and I'll have three or four tabs open for work related stuff. And then something will pop into my head like, oh, my God, I forgot to order my groceries on Amazon. So I'll pop open Amazon.com, not an ad for Amazon, but I'll open that up and I'll go to my cart to make sure I check that out. And then I'll have another thought that, oh, gosh, I need to find out. Um, some soundproofing information for my husband's music center. So I'll Google that and I'll look up an article about that. Whatever it is, I just all the time have these tabs open on my computer. But it made me realize that it's not just on my computer. That's how my brain works. I have tabs open by the dozen in my head at all times. And it's exhausting. And I've never really taken the time to think about it in that way. Now, look, I've always known that I was a busy person. I actually thrive being busy. That's the way I am. Um, I've always had 100 things going on. I've always had passion projects going on, hence Rock Your Life. I've always had multiple irons in the fire at once. And I do enjoy my life that way. I've built my life to be like that. I mean, I have my job, of course, on the bone, which to me is far more than just a job. Um, I have my passion project with Soundwaves TV. I have this podcast, which is a love of my life. And, you know, those are just my work-related professional goals. But my number one thing, of course, is my family. And so when I realized this week that I had all these tabs open on my computer and it hit me that all these tabs are open in my brain all the time and that I have, you know, 400 different things going on at one time, I decided to pay a little bit more attention to that. And so I have been meditating lately. And when I say meditating, I mean actual traditional meditation. Um, I used to say meditating, meaning when I'm running, because I would always consider running um, moving meditation, as I would call it. And a lot of times when I'm running, that is what it what it's actually happening because I have my headphones on, but they're turned off. Nothing's even playing. I'm just letting the thoughts in my head just flow out and whatever happens, happens. And I do love that. And I think it's very beneficial for me because I am a person of movement. I do like to be moving all the time. 
But this week, I really wanted to focus on traditional meditation just to see how good I was at it. Turns out I'm not that great, <laughs> but that's okay. That just gives me room for improvement, right? So I started using the Calm app. Um, my best friend Gianna got me that for my birthday, actually. She got me a subscription to the Calm app, so I've been diving into that. And I'm not going to beat myself up about not being great at it. And when I say I'm not great, it's just that my mind really tries to wander and go down the list of things to do or things I need to get for the house or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and it's very hard for me to just focus on my breath, just one singular thing. And then throughout this week, while I've been playing with Cody, I realized that my son is an expert at focusing on one thing at a time. And I don't know if that is just a thing for every kid that they just have that capability that they're not bogged down by the stresses or busyness of life yet. So their brain just is able to very, very vividly focus on one thing. And so I just started really watching him play. I mean, I always play with him. I always watch him. I'm very interactive with my kid. It's my favorite thing to do is just be with him and listen to him pretend play is fascinating. But I wanted to watch him with this in my brain that I wanted to see how many things he's doing at once. He's not doing anything but one thing at once. If he's playing pirates, he's playing pirates. And that's it. It's as simple as that. And I noticed that because he always asked me, like, Mommy, come play with me. So I'll stop whatever I'm doing, whether it's laundry or whatever, and I'll walk over and he and I will start to play together. And typical Chasta maneuver, I think this is just a mom thing or a dad thing. I don't know. Maybe it's a dad thing too, but it's definitely a mom thing. I'm playing for maybe, I don't know, five to ten minutes and then my brain starts going. And I'm like, oh, I got to go switch the laundry out or, oh, I need to get supper started or, oh, shoot, I forgot to call my mom back or, you know, whatever. So those tabs are open in my brain as I'm playing with him. And what I've realized this week, especially, is my kid doesn't really want me to play with him necessarily. He just wants me to sit and be with him. He just wants mommy to slow down. You know why I know that? Because he said that. I was playing with him one day. And I said, oh, buddy, I got to go switch out the laundry. And so I started kind of, I went and switched out the laundry. And then I started kind of piddling around the house doing other things. And he looked at me and he goes, mommy, slow down. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I mean, that literally hit me over the head. He noticed that I was running 100 miles a minute in my house doing a lot of things that obviously need to be done. I'm not telling you not to do laundry. Like we'll drown in clothes. <laughs> I know we have to get things done. But it's okay to put it on the back burner for a while to just simply slow down and play with your kid on one singular thing and let all of those tabs float to the back of your brain or temporarily close down if you can do that. I'm working on doing that. It's way harder than I would like to admit. But man, it really hit me in the heart when he told me to slow down. And so I'm taking it very seriously because I don't want my son's memory of his mama as he grows older that I was really kick-ass at doing laundry. Like I really had our house all tidy all the time and the laundry was always done and all the meals were made and the dishes were done and he lived in a spick and span place. I don't want him to think about that. I don't want that to be my legacy and my memory. I want him to remember fun hilarious times we had together laughing and pretend playing and mommy used to pretend to be a pirate and chase me around the house. I want those to be the memories in the forefront of his brain. So 
this is my new mission in life is to really get down and play with him in a very real way. Not like I'm sitting there and playing. Yeah, we're playing. Okay, I'll be right back. Not that anymore, but actually really soaking it up and being that damn pirate. (laughs) So I started thinking about this, like things that we learn from our children, this slow time concept from my kid, really soaking up just the time together, because often I'll sit down to play with him. He doesn't really want me to interrupt his play. He just wants me to be there. Like I'll even sit down and start to play, for instance, Paw Patrol with him or something, and he'll take, you know, the toys from me. He doesn't want to share his toys with me in that moment. He just wants me to sit there and be with him and talk with him while he plays and just slow down. So that really made me start thinking about what we learn from our kids. And I Googled toddler lessons and some great stuff came up. So I wanted to go through these. You guys know I love a good article and I love a good list. And so some of these I really thought were very poignant. And so I wanted to go through them. So number one was my own slow time. So just remember to slow down, try to take on a singular task. Not all the time, But every once in a while, I think it will help calm our brain and calm blood pressure. (laughs) I have problems with high blood pressure. Hmm, I can't imagine why. Number two, don't give up. So many people online talk about their children not giving up. That they will do, especially toddlers, they will do the same task over and over and over again without beating themselves up, without getting down on themselves until they figure it out. It's the truth. Kids don't know any other way. They'll just sit there and continue to try to walk or try to crawl or try to say words. My, my son has an issue with saying L's. He says, like his grandmother's name is Lola, or that's what he calls her, Lola, and he says Wola. So we've been working on, on that with him, and he doesn't get frustrated by it. He thinks it's kind of a fun little game for us to practice his L's, and he just keeps going and going and going. And it really reminds us to be diligent and never give up. You know, we, as we get into adulthood and we get tired and we have all these things going on, it's easy to just say, screw it and give up on stuff. Uh, But I think that's a real good lesson that we can learn from our little ones. Also, imperfection is okay. This one was big for me because as you could probably tell from this episode and previous episodes of this podcast, I'm kind of a type A perfectionist. It's not something I love about myself. It's something I consistently work on. Um, But when I had a kid, I had to let go of type A Chasta. That clean, perfect house was no longer. It's just not possible when you have kids to live in a pristine house. There's just no way. Um, so if you don't have kids, enjoy that time. <laughs> if, if you care about a pristine house, enjoy that time because you really do have to just learn how to cope with this new little human in your life who likes to play with things and doesn't realize that they need to be put away or doesn't care um, and that that is a teachable thing that they have to learn over time. And so kids aren't bothered if things around them aren't perfect, if everything isn't put up in their room or whatever. They just get in there and they play. They do whatever. It doesn't bother them. Um, And I think that is a real lesson to be learned, especially for me. Um, I, again, fight that perfection all the time. Uh, Also, number four, always have perspective. My kid is really good at this. You know, he teaches me all the time to kind of look at things from a different angle. And I think that's just, that's not my kid. That's just part of being a kid. You know, they, they see the world wide open with so much possibility because everything's new, 
right? And everything's exciting and everything's generally positive. Um, and so just watching him take in things always shifts my perspective. You know, when we go on a walk, he calls it a bee walk. When we go on a bee walk to uh, look for bees, he's always looking at the world and the tiny little things that make up his world. You know, not just the birds chirping and stuff like that, but he'll see tiny little ants going by and he'll, you know, show mama that they're carrying things or he'll see really cool rocks that are cool colors. And he's just soaking up everything. And I love that perspective of really taking in our world because when we get so busy, we can really let a lot of the cool stuff go that surrounds us. And we just, you know, put your head down and go, go, go and get stuff done and all that. And we lose a lot of what's happening around us. And I have taken that recently into my backyard at 5 a.m. in the morning before I start work. The very first thing I do is I grab my coffee, I grab my gratitude journal, and I walk outside. And it's just barely light outside. And I just sit quietly for a couple of moments before I start writing in my journal. And I listen to the quiet and it's beautiful. <laughs> it's the only quiet part of my day. But Cody really taught me to do that because I'm starting to notice the hummingbirds and how they sound um, or the birds chirping or the leaves that will fall. You can actually hear things like that if you're quiet enough and calm enough to soak that up. Number five, don't judge others. Man, this is a fun one. As parents, we we tend to judge each other on our kids. Like we say we don't, but we, you do. Like everybody does. Everybody's judgmental in one way or another. I'm constantly reminding myself like, you know, don't judge. And not just parenting, but just don't judge, period. But it's it's hard, right? We all have our preconceived notions of how life should go. And we tend to place those on others. But parenting, one, that one makes me laugh. Because... <laughs> when you have kids or before you have kids, you have all of these visions about how you'll be as a parent and what you will do. Absolutely, you will do this and absolutely you will not do this. And you really, you got your shit figured out before you have a kid. It's amazing. And then as soon as you have a kid, <laughs> a lot of that changes. Now look, there are certain things that Jay and I said that we would definitely hold true to as parents. And we have, but not all of them. And we all are humbled by our child. If you're a parent and you have never been embarrassed by your kid throwing a colossal fit in, let's say, a grocery store or a department store or something, or just in public anywhere, maybe a park or whatever, if you've never been humbled by your child throwing a fit, then my God, you get the gold star. Uh, because every parent, no matter who you are, it doesn't matter. At some point, your kid's going to act out. Like, that's what kids do. They're not perfect. No one's perfect. And some people who think their S doesn't stink and that they're the perfect per parents, they like to think that their kids are perfect and that they're doing it right and everybody should fall in line and do it like them. They even are humbled by their kids being crazy sometimes. Um, and I have to say, and you're going to want to vomit because I'm going to be that mom right now. My kid is really easy. Like, truly, Cody is, we call him the most happy fella. He is a very happy kid. He has so many incredible qualities. He is the most empathetic person I have ever known. Like, if you stub your toe across the house, he will hear you and he'll go, Mommy, are you okay? What's wrong? And he'll come running and he wants to kiss it. And he's just, he's so sweet. Uh, and he's a very, very happy fella most of the time. But trust me when I say he has had some colossal fits. They have happened in airports. Uh, they have happened leaving the park when we didn't want, he didn't want to, uh, you know, things like that. So just, you know, 
remembering that everyone goes through it when you're a parent and try not to judge other parents because our kids, as great as they can be, can also be buttheads from time to time. (laughs) Number six, always set a good example. So as I mentioned, my kid is four and he soaks up everything. Everything we say, everything we do, he's always watching. He's always listening. My kid, um, he's always been very detail-oriented, and he'll notice some crazy stuff. Like, I remember when he was very, very young, wasn't even a year old, um, he was just really starting to say his first words and, you know, put stuff together. And I remember we were out on a run by the beach and there were people everywhere and there was so much activity. There were dogs barking, people talking, all these things. And he's a moon child, um, cancer. And he looks up and he's just completely fascinated and infatuated with the moon. And he kept going, mama moon, mama moon. And he was so focused on that. And it was really amazing, like, he was soaking that up, and he's done that since he was little. Like, he would definitely pick out little tiny details, and he would always prove to us that he was listening, even when we didn't think he was, or maybe when we hoped he wasn't. (laughs) And he's retaining all that. So it just reminds you um, to be a good human, right? A life lesson that we all know, of course, but it's a daily reminder. When you have a kid that's watching everything that you do uh, and hearing everything that you say and maybe repeating a lot of it, it reminds you every single moment to just set a good example, be a good human. Number seven, love is all you need. Um, I know that's very kumbaya, but that's what the article said, and I do agree with it. You know, kids are very, by nature, very loving, and like I mentioned, Cody is one of the most loving kids that I've ever known. He falls in love with everybody. Um, everybody is his new best friend. He wants to play with everybody, every dog, every animal. every Everything is adorable. Everything is wonderful. Everything is great, and that's just how he lives his life. He is a very loving kid. He wants to hug on everybody and love on everybody and play with everybody, which really makes right now during coronavirus time, very tricky. And lastly, always enjoy life. And that kind of wraps a lot of these up with a pretty little bow. Um, But it's true, like enjoying every aspect of life because kids aren't jaded. They haven't been on this planet long enough. They haven't had enough life experience to be jaded yet. So they're still just loving it and living it and soaking it up. Every single detail, every single thing is new and exciting and beautiful and bright and shiny and bold. And it's just, God, it's such a beautiful way to live. And I don't know at what time in our life that we start to lose that. Maybe it's during your teen years when you have experiences with other people or you fall in love for the first time and you get hurt or you get your first job and your boss is a jerk or you get your first really bad grade or your teacher is mean to you and all those things start to add up, right? And they they mold us into who we are and they certainly uh, can make us be a little bit jaded. But, you know, it is just like I say a lot on this podcast, all about perspective and keeping things, um, you know, in line with the bright and the shiny and the silver linings and all of that. And just trying to go back to the good, um, even on your crappiest day, trying to find the good. That is why I do my gratitude journal every single morning. Because if you go around life looking for things to be grateful for so you can write them down every day, you'll find them. Even if they're tiny little things, you will find little slices of joy throughout your day. And I think really kids are very, very good at teaching us how to do that just always enjoying your life, which is
which is what this podcast is all about, right? <laughs> Rocking your life no matter what you're doing. So thank you so much for spending your day with me. I am so excited to announce that next week I will have a very special guest on the show, Lisa Montrose. She is a dear friend of mine. She is the widow of Ronnie Montrose, of course, a legendary, iconic guitarist. Um, and her and I are going to talk about grief next week because she, unfortunately, uh, has become an expert on grief. Her husband, Ronnie, committed suicide, and uh, she found him and went through that process. And she has spent a lot of time and energy helping others deal with suicide and bringing awareness to suicide and the epidemic that we have with that in this country. And she's just, she's an incredible human being. And her and I have talked a lot about these deeper issues. And, you know, it dawned on me this week as well that the world is really grieving right now um, in one way or another. You know, we're either grieving the very real loss of someone due to this horrific virus, or we're grieving loss of a job or loss of finances, or loss of important things that were to happen in our lives, graduations, weddings, vacations, reunions, whatever it is. We've all lost something, um, big or small, or maybe a little of both due to the coronavirus, and that's caused the entire world to grieve. So I thought no better person to talk about grief and how we get through it, very tangible things that she has done and learned in her grief that she wants to pass on to us. So I'm super excited. Lisa Montrose is literally an angel on earth. I'm not even kidding. That's not an exaggeration. So you can expect that next week on the Rock Your Life podcast. So thank you guys so much for being here. If you want to hit me up on um, social, you can, of course, on Instagram. I'm at Chasta Lynn. On Twitter, at Chasta. Facebook is Chasta Radio. And you can always send me an email if you want to chat about something. ChastaOnAir at gmail.com. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Have a wonderful week. And remember, rock your life.